Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Prosperity teacher Jesse Duplantis states in a recent message that we, not even believers, but the human race ultimately, are the promise given in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. With me to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Uh, Praise the Lord, Chad. It's uh, sad. We live in a fallen world, so we have to expose these kinds of things because this guy has like almost 200,000 subscribers. And it's just like, wow. And and we know they've got millions of viewers. I mean, he hangs out with Kenneth Copeland, all these worth faith teachers. And these guys are leading people to a different Jesus and a different gospel. And they're teaching that we are gods, which is just one of the top heresies the Bible refutes. Uh, So we've got to expose these guys because, and if you're a Jesse Duplantis fan or follow his ministry, we just, we love you. We just want to encourage you to really look closely and say, hey, does, is he really honoring God? Is he teaching, teaching the, the true gospel? Or is he possibly one of those false prophets that Jesus warned about? Yeah, and that's one of the big things here is to really discuss whether or not these teachers, men like Jesse Duplantis, men like Kenneth Copeland, and also throw, throw a bunch of them in there. I mean, whether it's the Joel Osteens as well, or a number of these false gospel prosperity teachers, which is ultimately witchcraft. I mean, you just see it over and over again. And yet, whether you're talking about Peter Popoff or people who have even been exposed as fakes and phonies, they still get money thrown at them as they lie to people. And it's so absolutely positively heartbreaking to watch that and to watch people being swindled by them. And And it is sad. And one of the things before we even got on the show, Joe, that you said it's so interesting that you just hear the same message over and over again. I mean, you've been saved a lot longer than I have, and I'm sure you've heard these messages just regurgitated over oh, yeah. and over again. Yeah, it's funny you said that because uh, this idea that we are gods, you know, we're these little gods and so forth. Uh, that was, you know, when I was a new Christian, you know, became a Christian right around 81. And I didn't know any, I didn't, I started reading the Bible myself and didn't know any Christians and uh, it became very clear to me when I'd hear uh, Christian radio, sometimes people were somewhat pretty solid. Other times, you know, depending on what station you run, I'd hear these guys. And I'm like, these guys are talking about money constantly. And then I started hearing them talk about how we're little gods. They are on Trinity Broadcasting Network. And I was just, and being a new Christian that was in the Word, realizing, wow, this is a lie uh, that's that God's really exposed. And we see that in Genesis chapter 3, Satan's original lie. Uh, was, you know, to Eve, you know, that, you know, the day you eat, God knows that, you know, you're going to, you'll be, you'll become gods and uh, you'll be like God knowing good and evil. And of course, Satan deluded himself, Chad, right? With that same deception prior to him deceiving Eve. I guess he figured, Hey, it worked on myself. You know, I fell for it. I thought I could become God. I'll try it on Eve because we read in Isaiah 14 that he said he'd be like the most high God mm-hmm. and God threw him out of heaven because of that. And then of course, Chad, we know the Antichrist uh, the, will, will sit in the temple of God showed himself that he is God. 
And we're not God. We're, we're mere men and women. And the crazy thing about this is it says the world will be deceived who follows the Antichrist and because they'll be deluded and they'll, they'll believe the lie. Well, what's the lie? The lie that man is God. That's a huge lie. And the crazy thing is it's in the church. It's It's been sanctified and become, you know, solid teaching. And it's really, Chad, the most ear-tickling teaching I can think of. And the Bible warns in the last days, Paul says, 2 Timothy 4, there'll be those that tickle people's ears. They'll tell you what you want to hear. Well, you know, how does Mormonism flourish? Well, you can have a bunch of wives. Uh, you know what? You can have your own planet someday. And you can be your own God. And that really, a lot of people just flock to that. Well, we understand Mormonism as heretical. It's considered a cult by Christians. But yet the word faith movement is considered, you know, just kind of maybe just barely sub-Christian to a lot of people. And it's absolute heresy. Well, the Mormons are teaching, guess what? We'll become gods. They're gods in embryo. This is even worse than Mormonism because they're saying, that's heresy played itself too, but they're saying we are gods right now. It's not even gods in embryo. So it's just crazy. It is It is crazy. It's sad. It is heartbreaking, but it also is biblical in the sense that the Spirit has expressly said that these exact things would take place. Yeah. People would not endure sound doctrine. It's biblical that this was prophetically, it's evil, Amen. but it's biblically exposed. Amen. It's biblically exposed by the Bible, by the Spirit that is warned about these very things that people like Jesse Duplantis, people like Kenneth Copeland, that these guys would exist, and ultimately their God is their belly. And their God isn't the God that we serve, the one that we come under, the one that had no place to lay his head, the Jesus, the God-man. And it is heartbreaking to see this. And and like I said, it is more heartbreaking to see people being duped by it and to see what can happen and the shipwrecking of faith that, that can take place when people throw all of their money for these false promises, this spiritual you know, pyramid scheme that they're trying to get across to people. And then you add deifying oneself. And we're going to play the clip. Before we do, we we want to continue to do these messages. We've we've shortened up the, the messages so you guys can be blessed by them. Hopefully you guys are into this little 30-minute segments that we're doing now. But if you get a chance, make sure to subscribe to the channel. We got videos coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We do one live show a month as well. And also make sure if you get a chance, you feel led, please leave a five-star review because that helps get this way up at the top so that more and more people can see this and we can hopefully pull people out of such heresies. So without any further ado, let's not just simply tell you what Jesse Duplantis is teaching, but actually you can hear it for yourself. Isaiah 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yet the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So when I look at Isaiah 9, 6, where is the government now? It's on us. The government of the world is on mankind. And because we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, you can call us wonderful. Yes. Counselor. Yes. Mighty God, Christ in us. The everlasting Father. Woo! The Prince of Peace. That's what it means to be the gift that Jesus gave to you. So, Joe, there is a lot of stuff going on there those attributes that he takes, the quoting of Ephesians 5, to then say that 
it applies to them. And if you'll notice in that clip, he's wearing a bow. And he's saying that we are God's gift. We are actually Jesus's gift to the Father. And by the way, if you listen to any of that sermon, it's all of, I think, 26 minutes. And not only do you get dominionism taught in it, uh, later you have him talking about praying for the rapture and saying that anything, first of all, that they're going to do greater miracles and so forth, misunderstanding what Jesus was saying to his apostles, but then saying anything that is prayed in my name, and then applying that to the rapture. Therefore, he's either not praying for the rapture or his prayers aren't powerful because he's saying that anything done in Jesus's name, any prayer stated, period, that for him, it will happen. So you'll see heresy after heresy very quickly. And yet this one might be the worst one. Yeah, Chad, it's interesting. We were talking about, yeah, before the show, uh, you'd mentioned that we're talking about how it's just the same. We mentioned how you know, this, they haven't changed their doctrine. It's, it's just, it's become more hideous. Uh, and it's just repackaged, but it's it's kind of like, wow, do these word faith folks, and the, the audiences ever get tired of hearing just the same old mumbo jumbo? But it's just interesting. They've got to find new ways to package the lie. And he takes Isaiah 9, uh, six, a very powerful passage about Christ being called, you know, wonderful, you know, counselor, mighty God, you know? Uh, I'm surprised he didn't use Isaiah 7. 14, called Emmanuel, God with us. But he used, he used Isaiah chapter 9. And this is what it really breaks my heart and is really disgusting is Christmas, which we just celebrated, is about the fact that God became a man, incarnated, uh, became the Savior of the world, you know. Uh, God became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, the, Paul calls them the unspeakable, or incomprehensible, or indescribable gift because you can't describe how wonderful, that's why one of his names is wonderful, uh, how Jesus is, but it's interesting. We've been saying for years, guys, cults tend to diminish Jesus and his deity, and they exalt themselves. And so you see him, and he's wrapped up with a bow. It's really goofy when you look at the theology, is I'm the, we're really the gift. And that's diminishing Jesus and what he's done. He came to seek and save that which is lost and gave, gave him ransom for many, and he did it for us. And to just kind of sideline him and say it's about us and that we're the gift, that is disgusting it's reprehensible and it reminds me he's a buddy with kenneth copeland they've done fundraisers and stuff together uh to you know get money out of their their people in fact i think it was uh at a uh kenneth he actually had a, a thing a few years back jesse did where he wanted his fourth jet and he was he was asking for 54 million dollars for his fourth jet you know uh from from his audience and i don't know how much the other ones cost but he was at a kenneth copeland fundraising event with Kenneth Copeland or using his channel, that is. And he actually, speaking of the rapture, he said, what's keeping people, the Lord from coming is you guys need to give more money to us. You know, he goes, I really believe that because you're not giving, that's what's holding the the rapture. This is just satanic manipulation, uh, folks. So it's interesting. You have this diminishing of Jesus and Chad, Kenneth Copeland, his buddy, uh, he got, he came under fire years and years ago. Uh, when he started saying, making it really clear, uh, he was already preaching the, the, that we are the little gods heresy, right? And that was already being preached by Copeland. But then he went even further, and he said, he said that Jesus gave him a prophecy. And you can test it. These guys claim to be prophets many times. And listen to what he said Jesus said to him. Kenneth Copeland, who's pretty much the, you know, the, the de facto leader of the prosperity teachers right now, he said that Jesus said to him, basically, don't be sad, you know, Kenneth, I mean, I'm paraphrasing because, uh, you know, of, of people coming down on you because you're claiming to be God. He said, Jesus said, they crucified me for claiming that I was God. 
but I didn't claim I was God. I just claimed I walked with him and that he was in me. Wow. So that, that there goes that diminution of Jesus. Well, Jesus said to me, they never even claimed to be God. So if they're getting down on you for claiming to be God, hey, they got down on me and I didn't even claim to be God. So, don't, you know, don't take it too hard, Kenneth. And there you go with him. To, we're gods, but guess what? Jesus never even claimed to be God. This is so wicked. Uh, it, it, again, that's what the cults do. They, they diminish Jesus. Almost every cult strips Jesus of his divinity, you know? No, it, it's true. And actually, you can hear in this short clip right here as well, Jesse Duplantis, same one we're talking about, actually with Kenneth Copeland, so you can see how much they're buddies, talking about not wanting to be, why they need to actually have a private jet because their their prayers are going to be yeah. heard better uh, because they don't so want to be with a tube full of demons. Yeah. We're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord, real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. He said, then he said this, so that's it? I didn't know how to handle that for me. I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? Now, when he said that, that shocked me. I said, Lord, I don't think I was letting my faith stagnate. He said, so this is all I could ever do. The world is in such a shape. We can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today. I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative at least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing because you can't get there and from here. It's impossible. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world right. and get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right, that's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on you hard. It really does. And, and Joe, obviously, I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, Jesus going, a friend of sinners, right? Jesus going and, and ministering to people, right? It's not, it's not the well who need the physician, right? This is, these are people who are not well. We are not well, and we need Jesus Christ. And yet this guy's like, I don't want to be anywhere near these, you know, these peons, these, these humans. It's pretty sick. And there's, you know, there's Duplantis right next to him, joking about it with him. And it is really sick, Joe. And then when we take Isaiah 9, like you said, we were just in the season, we're talking about this from Isaiah 7 to Isaiah 11, really, when you get into the branch as well, you see yeah, Matthew's 11, treatment two. in the New Testament pointing to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, making it very clear that Jesus is the ultimate promise of the God with us. He is the Emmanuel God with us. You see so clearly Matthew in chapter 4 quoting from the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 9, that prophecy that we are describing right now that Jesse Duplantis placed and put himself, yeah, and not even himself, the weirdest part about that yeah. thing was that it wasn't even believers. Yeah, just he, the world in general. It's just, oh, well, we're made in God's image. By the way, uh, all of creation was made in God's image. That's Imago Dei. And we're looking at it, we're seeing him say it, and you're like, so you've, you've tied yourself up in this bow. Yeah, and what's he saying, Chad? He's, He's saying that the, the, the world in general, since, since humans run government, they, it's on their shoulders and therefore we are God. Yeah. yeah that's, it's that's not even believers. Like, yeah. it, I know these guys, oh, we're the king's kid and so forth, but, but now he's gone and it, it's just, it shows you the mental gymnastics that he's doing to come up with these messages. But it's so sad because I think it goes back to the same thing, which is, when you watch these prosperity teachers, the reason why they have to regurgitate nonsense and then build up some weird storyline and take these scriptures out of context 
is because they're not diligently reading the Word of God, caring about what God has to say. It's the exact opposite of exegesis. It's eisegesis and really narcissism. It's narcissistic to then claim these titles. And I want to go over those titles. I know you you went through this more recently on a message at Blessed Hope Chapel. And one of the biggest things here, when we're seeing some of the things, and I know one of the emphasis that you had was wonderful counselor, talking about the fact that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. But some of the things there that Jesse was applying to us, it's one of the reasons, by the way, when we read Isaiah 9-6, we say, sorry, this can't this can't be Hezekiah, right? Yeah. This can't be Hezekiah. We also can't do what some there. of the false teachers do, guys like Tovia Singer and stuff. Oh, well, he's just talking about God himself. So there's a child born, but then also we, we talk about God and his attributes. It makes no sense to the prophecy, by the way. Yeah. So we obviously say you cannot call your we can't call Hezekiah these things, right? We cannot call Hezekiah El Gabor, Ah Biad, right? We can't do that. But yet, here's Jesse going and taking some of these character not even characteristics, but some of these names, some of these statements made about this this child that be born, this son will be given. I mean, some of those some of those words that are used and applying it to non-believers, but even if he was applying to himself, I mean, that's sick. Yeah, Chad, and it's interesting you say that because you have people saying, oh, we don't want this to be Jesus, so they try to separate that which God's joined together, right? Then mm-hmm. you have others trying to give the attributions to themselves. Hey, this describes us. You have Jehovah's Witnesses saying, well, he's just mighty God there. He's not God Almighty. Uh, well, El Gibor is used in Isaiah of Yahweh as well. Oh, yeah, chapter 10, verse 21. Yeah, 10, yeah. 21 of Isaiah. Uh, and also Jesus, it's used of all, Almighty God is used of Jesus in Revelation 1, 7, 8, Behold, he comes with the clouds, every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him, and all kings of earth shall wail because of me, even so. Amen. And then it goes on to say, very next verse, I am Alpha and May, beginning and the end, he said, the Lord, which was and which is and is to come, the Almighty. He's the Almighty God that's speaking of. Uh, obviously, Jesus is the first and last there. Revelation 1, 17, 18. Uh, he falls down like his, you know, before Jesus. And as he sees his face as the noonday sun, and Jesus puts his right hand upon him, saying, Fear not, I am he that liveth. And was, if he says, I am the first and last. I mean, he that lived and was dead and behold him alive forevermore. Now the keys of death and Hades. So Jesus identifying himself with the first and the last, which, which can only apply to God, because in Isaiah 44, 6, Chad, as you know, the Lord says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, I am the Lord of hosts. Or I'm sorry, thus saith the Lord of Israel, the King and his Redeemer, Lord of hosts, I am the first and last. You know, beside me there is no God. So that's a term that only applies to Jesus. And, and I, th- I think it's important that we understand, or our audience understands, what Chad is saying and what I'm saying is that these are titles that belong to God alone. And for us to take them and to diminish uh, Jesus and what they do, this is what the snake does. See, the, 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 Paul warns us about these false gospels, right, Chad? And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through a subtlety that your minds will be corrupted from your simple devotion to Christ and that you believe in a different gospel, that you receive a different Jesus, you'd receive a different spirit. And then he says, because Satan masquerades as the angel of light, therefore it's no wonder that his ministers and uh, transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, which is what he's doing. So instead of just using serpents, Satan will use men that claim to be preaching the gospel. And the reason this is so important to understand is how is the serpent using this man to teach that we are gods? He misuses Chad Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. I notice that he says, he goes, well, you know, how, why would this house play this? Well, it says, be imitators, dear children, be imitators of God, Ephesians 5, 1. And what he's doing, he's taking Ephesians 5, 1, where we're called to be imitators of God because we're created in God's image. But that doesn't mean that we imitate him to the degree that we become deified and we become God Almighty. And this is very important. And a little theology, uh, theological lesson just for all of us. And, or, and if you already understand this, praise God, because 
just, you know, may this be vouchsafed deep within your heart, this reality is there are what we call God's, in theology, God's communicable attributes, and then there's what we call his incommunicable attributes. So his communicable attributes would be the very things that Paul tells us after he says to be imitators of Christ, or as he's been talking in Ephesians chapter 4 about putting on love, you know, compassion, bowels of compassion, Colossians chapter 3 with Ephesians 5. It's in those passages that you have these put-offs, things that are supposed to put off malice and anger and hatred and so forth, and things that we're supposed to put on, bowels of compassion, put on love and things, uh, and the fruit of the Spirit, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, meekness, all these things, these are communicable attributes. These are things that Chad and I and any of you that are true believers, we've received the Holy Spirit that God is doing in our lives. He's making us more patient. He's helping us to become more loving. So these are attributes he communicates to us that don't make us God. These are things he shares with us as his image bearers. But but Ephesians has nothing to do with becoming God when he misuses Mr. Duplantis, that text there, uh, because there's nothing about how you become omnipresent. You become omniscient. You know, you become, you know, uh, immortal as far as have no beginning and no end. Well, we all had a beginning. We could never become God. And Chad, you and I know very clearly that in Jeremiah chapter 10, it says the gods, if you're talking to someone who claims to become God, you say, did you create the heavens and the earth? They'll typically say no, (laughs) unless they're just way out there, right? Then you bring them to the scripture in Jeremiah 10, it says, you know, uh, the the gods who have not made the heavens and the earth, they shall perish from under the earth. This is your destiny if you're claiming to be God, because if you didn't create the heavens and the earth, which we know you didn't, you're going to perish. And then, Chad, when you get to Revelation 21 and 22, you see the eternal state when we're supposed to be gods? No. It says God will dwell with men. We're still humanity. And praise God, we've become perfected, but we're perfect humans. We could never be God because we're the un- He's the only uncreated creator of all things. No, and it's it's interesting too because when we look at, like you said, Ephesians, you you, you mentioned Ephesians chapter four right there, some of those things that we put on, but then when it even mentions this, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as yeah. Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And think about that. The context of being imitators of God in Christ Jesus is actually giving up and sacrificing himself yeah. and that we would give that up. This is a guy who alongside Kenneth Copeland would not give up his seat on a private jet in order to actually be with and minister and share the gospel. And yet here he is telling us, quoting that verse out of context to apply our imitation of the actions, as you mentioned, those attributes that God can communicate to us, those things that the Holy Spirit, as it says, in first or second Peter chapter one, those things that he can give us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And yet when it talks about sacrifice, when giving up, these are guys that give up nothing. These are guys that take, take, take money cometh to come up to me. I mean, that's a famous clip from these guys. And you're like, give me a break. You are swindling people. And I don't want to be with, I don't, I'm going to see it. I'm sure I don't want to be near these guys on judgment day if they don't repent. Amen, Chad. And and it's a good point that you make is uh, we're gods, but they're not even imitating God the way he said to imitate him. him. It makes me think of various uh, scriptures and various things these word faith teachers have done. In fact, many of them treat God like a servant and they're the gods and they actually twist scripture. We did a show this years ago, maybe we'll redo that show, where they actually twist the scripture saying we can command God. 
They'll literally say that. We can command God what we want him to do. And they twist the scripture. And it's like, okay, now you're making him the servant. He's the one that commands us. We don't command him. And all of a sudden, it just gets all twisted. And instead of Jesus being this incredible gift we should be celebrating, he puts a bow around himself and just struts like a, a rooster. Look at I'm the, I'm the gift. You know, it's like, it, it just breaks your heart because of all the people he's deceiving. And also, Chad, along the lines of uh, missing the whole point, well, we're supposed to imitate him. Like you mentioned, putting on love and, and being servants. Uh, I was at a Kenneth Copeland uh, convention years ago with some of my brothers and sisters here at Blessed Hope Chapel. And we went there uh, to share the gospel, not to go watch Kenneth Copeland. We are in the parking lot. And we had some signs and things of that nature. I don't even know we had signs. We were just, we we're out there. We could have some signs, but we had our presence. We we're witnessing to them and so forth. And it was very interesting because uh, as we were sharing with them, we had little things to share with them about how what he was claiming, trying to get people to understand that we are not gods. We've been in, in this battle for a long time to get people to understand who the one true God is. And it's just really interesting because one of the things that uh, we were able to use is he would take that scripture about service, about imitating the Lord as far as service goes, that is Kenneth Copeland now, uh, Duplantis's partner in crime, and where Jesus said, or Paul says, let this mind be in you. And it's right after verse 3 in Philippians chapter 2 where he says, you know, don't just consider your own interests, but consider the interests of others. He talks about being putting on humility. In verse 4, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he was in the very form, as the NIV has it, the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something he held on to. He could have held on to it and never became a man. But he emptied himself and became a servant and became a man and even and died the death. He says even the worst death, you know, death on the cross. And he takes that scripture, Chad, Kenneth Copeland, that is. He takes that part, that verse where it says, let this mind be in you, which is about, you know, we need to have the same mindset that Jesus had. He's God and he became a man. We need as mere humans to wash feet. Jesus gave the disciples an example to that end. Follow this example and you'll be blessed. Well, he said, see, we're supposed to have the same mind that Jesus had. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who was in the very form of God. Then he doesn't go and get the context. He says, look, we need to realize we're God. Totally twist that scripture out of context. And this is just wicked. And what happens, they do this with all kinds of scriptures. And they say, hey, since God commanded, you know, said, let there be light, there was light, created the universe and so forth. We can command our own reality. You see, that's why wrong doctrine leads to wrong living. Now they're going around saying, oh, Jesus gave the example. Now we can speak things into existence. And, and they take scriptures like Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, we understand by the word of God, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, that God created the heavens and the earth, right? And they say, hey, you know, what he's saying right there is that since he spoke and he created things in existence, we understand that that's what we're supposed to do now too. And so all kinds of scripture gets twisted. And we start looking through scripture through a false theology and a bad, you know, theological construct. Then everything you look at gets interpreted in the sense of I'm God now and I'm a little God. It's about me. And then you basically don't rise up in the morning, taking up your cross daily, dying to yourself and following him. Now you rise up in the morning saying, I'm God. You know, I'm the I'm the gift, I'm God's gift to the world. You put a bow around yourself, you start preaching to others as you ask people to give $54 million or so so you can get into your fourth jet. Uh, this is repugnant, this is wicked, and this is a bad example, Chad, to uh not only is it a bad teaching that is leading tens of thousands, millions. These guys are leading millions of people astray. But also it's a wicked witness to the world because these guys, you know, people channel surf and they see these guys preaching and these guys tend to dominate so-called Christian TV and they see they think this is Christianity. And it's exactly what Peter said. I talked to a, a guy at my my work when I was setting tile before I became a pastor. I had various jobs and I was a tile setter for some time. And uh, another tile setter I was talking to, it was one of, the, one of these guys fell, you know, 
And he said, this is Christianity. And I'm like, no, this is not Christianity. In fact, this is exactly because it was one of these word faith teachers or one of these false teachers. I go, you know what it really is? I go, it's 2 Peter chapter 2. This actually proves that the Bible is the word of God because it says this would happen. Because Peter said that there would be these false teachers that would come that would make up stories. These guys are constantly making up stories. And they'd deceive many, and they're deceiving many, and they'd make merchandise of men. And I go, they're making merchandise of people. They're preaching about money, and that's their overall emphasis. And the overall emphasis of the true gospel is Christ and salvation. And I was able to share that with him. And I like to do that to take people. Well, actually, the Bible talks about this. So you get a biblical perspective. No, that's always good. One of the things uh, we want to do is not just simply expose evil for the purpose of exposing it, but to point people back in the right direction. So if you're following these teachers, if you're turning to these guys, guys, turn away from them, have a change of heart, Amen. which leads to a change of action, and put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and trust in him and him alone. Amen. We love you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.